0: Good morning, saints. God's grace and peace be with each of you. In the name of Jesus. Let's read our uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 text again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Proverbs 3, verse 5. You may be seated if you like. I know you're saying, Whew, get to sit now. We had to, we had to stand through that long creed, stand through the sermon hymn, Good to rest. Good to relax. It's okay. Won't be that long of a sermon. You probably could have remained standing for this message. That's how short this message is. Praise be to God that we are here. I mentioned this morning that it is so, uh, cold that it's easy to stay home. It's easy to stay under the blankets. But that the Holy Spirit kind of moved you out here to be in His worship. And I truly meant that. Whatever brought you here, whoever brought you here, the Lord is glad. He is delighted. He is delighted and so are the saints in heaven, the holy angels as they look down, because here is worship of a God who redeems, who saves, who has given everything for his people. Gathering is that worship, is that opportunity to give witness to the greatness of God. That's what we're doing here this morning. Yes, we are shouting, singing, speaking praises of thanksgiving, but it's a public witness. It's a public witness to the greatness of God and into the faithfulness of his word. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Oftentimes, we look at the book of Proverbs, and I've said this before before, it's too easy to take just what God says in a verse of Proverbs and kind of like put it on the bumper sticker of your car. And it fits so nicely and it's true and we might say, yeah, that's, that's true. We should trust in the Lord. We shouldn't rely on our own understanding. Those are wise words, and they are, but we also should remember that they are inspired words. They're words that God wants us to hear because they're words that God has given the holy prophets to write and to deliver to us. Always we need to be reminded that we should trust in God for all things. That's why God comes to us in the means of grace in so many different ways in the waters of holy baptism. Where he cleanses us and makes us whole, sanctifies us and separate to him. Why, you will receive the means of grace this morning in the sacrament of Christ's body and blood, where you will be reminded once again of God's forgiveness and peace bought for us through Jesus Christ. That it doesn't come to us because of anything that we've done. That what God desires for us is to respond in thanksgiving and to bear witness to his grace in Christ. Bearing witness. The great way that we bear witness to God in Christ is to trust in his word. To listen to it. To embrace it. As our Lutheran church fathers would say, to inwardly digest his word. That his word and our lives are so intertwined that the will of God not automatically, but through us, is carried out. We pray, may God's will be done. And then, of course, the question among our human mind is, what is God's will? How do I know if what I'm doing is the will of God? That's the dynamic wrestling match we have with the word. But the more we grow in the word, the more we inwardly eat it up and then digest it, that it becomes part of who we are. The will of God pours through our lives. It's not sitting back and thinking, am I doing the right thing? Is this what God would have me do? Although there are some times when circumstances are so intense that we will ask if this is the right thing, but in our normal course of events in our human lives the will of God will be carried out in our lives. That's that process of sanctification, the holiness of God working in you and me. That's bearing witness. It's trusting in the Lord's word to be carried out in our lives. (laughs) What a privilege that God has chosen us to be the bearer of grace to other people, of reconciliation. Of peace. And that brings us to the epistle this morning, because that was the message that Paul is delivering to the church in Corinth. The church in Corinth is this little baby church that was birthed by Paul and others. They were given the word of God in a world in Corinth that was so opposite, unholy. Not sanctified. Made Vegas look like, you know, amateur hour. Corinth was a city of sin, truly, without the word of God, without the presence of God. And Paul is called to plant a church there. Well, you can imagine the different factions and disagreements that are happening within a young church that has been planted in a, in a city that is the opposite of God's word, the rejection of God's word, the persecution of those who bear witness. They were still learning about the faith. And Paul comes to them not just to straighten them out, but to give them encouragement for the day. To remind them of who they are. That trusting God's word is an opportunity not just to bear witness, but to engage in fellowship with one another and with the living God. His first words in this introductory letter, I am Paul, called by the will of God. I'm not here. Because I decided to be here. I am here because God called me. This is the same Paul that saw the living Christ. That had the scales of disbelief fall from his eyes. To have his heart opened. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. And Paul's eyes were opened. He is standing there called by the will of God an apostle of Christ and he is writing this letter to the church of God that is in Corinth he could just as well be writing this this letter to the church of God that is in Hinsdale or anywhere else these are no small words we're the church of God what does that mean means you're called by the will of god god's will is for you to be in faith that's what paul's message is into corinth it's our message today in this blessed season of epiphany to be reminded of our baptism and that baptism lasts forever and you were called by the will of god here's a devotion That will last us, not just this week, but our entire lives. When we think, as Isaiah's words say, that our lives are useless, without purpose, we're not accomplishing anything. Have you ever thought like that? I'm just spinning my wheels. Nothing that I do matters. I'm not having an effect on life around me. It leads to so much rejection, being dejected. But God comes to us through the prophet Isaiah and to the apostle Paul and says that your life has meaning because God's will is for you to be one of his disciples bearing witness to the greatness of Christ. And that, dear friends in God, it's no small thing. We're priests. We're a holy nation unto the Lord because that's what God says. You're called by the will of God and you're sanctified in Christ Jesus. It's a reference to our baptism. It's a reference to not just being called, but filled with the Holy Spirit, because in the means of grace, in your baptism, you received the Spirit of the living God. He called you to faith. That's his will. He called you to confession. He called you to be here this morning. He's got a plan and a call for you this coming week. Our prayer as Christians is to to greet this new week and the week after. Saying, I know that God has a will for me and a plan for me to be in faith now. Where am I going? Who is around me? We look for opportunities to bear witness to the greatness of Christ. The opportunities are all around us. Lord, open the eyes of my heart, open my ears to hear what those around me are saying and what their particular needs are. We are in a time and a place always for a reason. There are no coincidences. <laughs> Something happens and we are there. How we respond is where we are on that trajectory of our faith. Are we aware and alert and how God will be using us to bear witness, trusting in him? He is faithful, ever-present. Paul says we were called to be saints together. A fellowship. You've often heard somebody say, well, you know, my religion is between my God and me. It's, it's private. It's just between us. That's why I don't necessarily have to go to church. I don't necessarily have to engage in fellowship. I can just sort of like worship God in Christ, you know, the way I want to. I put on the television. I listen to the word when I'm driving in the car. It's private. Well, that sounds really good. You know why? Because it lets us off the hook. It sounds so humanly logical. Right? We have a personal baptism, a personal faith, so therefore, my religion is between my God and me. Our faith in Christ is. Personal, but it's not private. It's a distinguished difference. We have a personal faith in Christ. Sins personally are forgiven. Christ died for you individually. He is the sin bearer of people, taking our sins, our guilt, our grief, and nailing it to the cross of Calvary once and for all. Praise be to God. He's been raised from the dead and giving us life and hope. That's that personal appropriation of faith that God gives us, trusting in him. But our faith is not private. It's meant to be shared. It's meant to be lived out. That's what Paul's message is. You were called together. The body and the fellowship of Christ doesn't necessarily mean we'll all agree on everything. Just like we all won't agree that the 49ers are going to beat the Packers, right? We can disagree and agree on many things theologically in the Bible, in our lives and in our politics, But what overcomes all of that is what Paul says in this message, that through Christ there's peace and reconciliation. There's grace that has been conferred upon you, and peace. God has overcome all of the factions and disagreements among people, and he calls all people to the cross of Christ to confess those sins, that he takes them upon himself does away with them forever. That's the message Paul is delivering to the church in Corinth. It's the message that he's delivering to the church in Hinsdale. We have life. We have peace in Christ. We have nothing to fear. We have all to give because God has given all for us. What a great message. What encouragement and what hope. And it's the hope that we all have as we get into the season of epiphany, realizing and seeing with our mind's eye the greatness of God in Christ and his love and his peace. May we live our lives trusting in him with all of our heart and depending on him for right understanding. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen.